Hello and welcome to On The Beat, the uh, Briar Sheriff's Office Parkland District Park uh, podcast for Parkland residents. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Mulligan, captain of the Briar Sheriff's Office Parkland District. And uh, welcome back, everybody. As you may have noticed, we did not put out a podcast for December. That was our holiday present to you guys. Uh, but however, we did come up with a really great idea uh, in moving forward for this month. We're going to do a special where we will have uh, two podcasts uh, and those podcasts, uh, our special guests will be the city commissioners for the Parkland uh, City Commission. Uh, as you know, uh, in November, we saw a significant change in the commission makeup. So I thought it would be a neat idea to kind of sit down with all the commissioners and have a conversation with them about how they uh, see their role in terms of public safety. So with that in mind, I want to introduce my first guest, uh, Commissioner Jordan Israel, who is the commissioner of District 2. Uh, and uh, with that, we'll go ahead and get started. So Commissioner, thank you for, for joining me today. I appreciate you, you coming on. Thank you for having me. Um, so uh, just real quick, uh, first time getting involved in politics? Yes, first time. Okay. Um, so what, what made you decide or to, to run for office? Well, let me, I should maybe rephrase that. First time getting in, in, running for office, not necessarily first time being involved in politics. Uh, I grew up uh, in Boca Raton, South Florida in my whole life. Um, I've been involved in just kind of other campaigns, whether it's at a local level, state level, I've helped you know fundraise on national campaigns, but I've always had an interest in public advocacy and public service. Um, I, I've assisted in such a way that I've kind of seen the ability for leaders in politics or even public office to effectuate positive change. And that's something that I've always wanted to do, not necessarily knowing the forum or the role in which I would do it. Um, and so about seven years ago when we moved to Parkland, my wife grew up here. I grew up in Boca, as I said. So for me, getting to know Parkland was an eye-opener. It's somewhere that I think until, unfortunately, the, the MSD tragedy was kind of a, a hidden gem. Not many people had really heard of it. And the more I learned about it, the more I grew to love it. And in doing so, we made the decision as a you know, husband and wife that when we were starting to have a family, we wanted to do it in Parkland. And with that decision came also a feeling of wanting to have a control or having some say over what the environment that my family is going to be raised in is is how it's going to look, whether it's now in the short term, the midterm, the long term. Um, and you kind of put that together in a, in a cauldron with, I would say, on the heels of the MSD tragedy, you had COVID, which was also now happening at the time. You had a lot of issues that are still up for, I would say, uh, resolution, whether it's the Pine Tree Roads, you have the Heron Bay Golf Course. So you really had a big kind of cacophony of issues that I think ultimately when dealt with in the aggregate can really influence what Parkland will look and feel like for the next 20 years or so. So it, it sounds a little bit like part of what you're saying is, is that you really wanted to have some input in, into how your community looks and, and, and what kind of a future that it, that it has. Correct. Not only the look and feel, but also the safety aspect of it, as you can appreciate, is um, I think first and foremost, every family, every individual, the first thing they care about is their safety. And if, if that's not really uh, well-grounded or anything else, it doesn't really matter. So. so let's talk a little bit about public safety then. So you're a city commissioner. How do you see your role in terms of, of public safety uh, when you're on that dais? What, what are your goals and objectives, I guess? Um, I see my role as kind of multifaceted. I would say it's, it's somewhat of a combination of 
uh, both my background experiences, one is in litigation and law, and the other is in kind of a general counsel, more business executive capacity. Um, from the litigation perspective, I think a lot of this is about listening, understanding that the city and its constituents are essentially my clients, so to speak, understanding what their problems are, and finding creative solutions to resolve them. Um, that's on the advocacy side. And even if that means something that happened to go to Tallahassee or somewhere beyond what my capacity is here as a city commissioner, then that's what I'll do. Um, alternatively, is from business executive experience, I think it's being a leader in the city, you know, being able to help dictate policy, also helping to be able to kind of serve as a uh, kind of a evangelic for, for the city, you know, making sure that I'm out there promoting what the city has, what it's all about to not only in educate and inform our current residents, but also to continue to draw the people who are interested in, in raising their family here or even just living here and, you know, being a part of the community. So with public safety in mind, then what are, what are some of the priorities you've set for yourself uh, during your, this term? So um, first and foremost, it's going to have to be just overcoming COVID. Um, that uh, to me is, you know, it's going to have to be dealing with maintaining the social distancing and all the guidelines aspects until we can get some sort of vaccine rollout in place. And that's going to be, again, hoping to, to champion that in Parkland. You know, I know there's other locations that are slowly rolling out. I'd like to see that become something where uh, we as a city push to have some amount of supply of the vaccines for our residents. Um, secondarily, of course, it's going to be just school safety. Um, to me, the MSD shooting is something that should never happen again. And not just here, but in any school or anywhere for that matter. Um, and I know that's going to take a lot of effort to get to that point, but I think we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the people who we've lost. We owe it to um, our children, you know, that this is something that we're going to take very seriously and make sure whether it's additional SROs or kind of running more, I would say, drills so that way schools are prepared. Uh, you and I have talked about preparation is always a huge advantage. Um, and I would also talk about even just kind of the roadways, you know, Loxahatchee to me, I drive on it every day. It's a serious concern of mine. Um, there's a number of cars driving at high speeds and a relatively narrow road or, and so I know that's kind of in the mix, but I want to make sure that um, when people think of Parkland, they think of it as not only just the safest schools, not only just the safest communities, but you can feel that you can walk out on the street at night and go for a jog at nine o'clock in, in the evening and not even have to think twice about whether or not something's gonna happen to you, which, which I know most people currently feel, and I think that's why they stay here and you wanna maintain that. Good. Um, so that's, a, that's, that's quite an, an agenda. Um, and you, you touched on the, the kind of the, the big things in, in this city, in particular school safety, and, and a lot of that even going down to I don't want to say a minor thing or a smaller thing, but the, the, the traffic concerns and, and the roads. And the reason I, I talk about that now is because the, the city has seen a significant amount of growth and will continue to, to see growth. We're not built out yet. Obviously, the, the wedge came in and then there's a, a large piece of property that still you know remains outside of the city. So given all that, what do you think the challenges are that, that will face the city in terms of public safety? And, and you know, what, do you, what do you think needs to be done to address those? Uh, the challenges are going to be uh, a few things. One is just capacity and infrastructure, meaning that as we continue to add residents to our population, we have to make sure that our police force can account for it, whether we need additional resources, fire and uh, paramedics, whether they also need additional resources. And also just to make sure that 
the designing and planning, uh, what, what I would really like to see happen as is, is part of my two years is creating a master plan for the city. You know, we just completed a master parks plan, which is great. It, you know, it dictates everything that we want to see about all the recreational and kind of the social aspects of the city. But a master plan to me is something that if you were to ask people back in the 1960s what Parkland would look like today, no one would have any idea. And in fact, that's a number of, one of the reasons why we're having some issues with how things have been dealt with, with a pine tree estate, for example. It just, people didn't have the foresight, you know? You didn't actually expect these types of things. So what I hope now is that we can take this opportunity where Parkland, I think, is at a critical juncture, as you noted, um, with the wedge and kind of the potential annexation of Hendricks Farms, to have a master plan that has a couple contingency options, whether the, the farm does come into the city, and if not, and under either of those paths, what it's gonna look like. Like I said, what kind of resources are we gonna need? Um, there's an, an increasing uh, demographic of 55 and up that also is going to need to have their own uh, needs filled. So um, I, I think it has to be somewhat of a well-rounded approach uh, to make sure that everyone, everyone feels that Parkland is a place for them and that it's a safe place for them. When you talk about a master plan, and, and, and that's really kind of interesting, um, are there specific things... And, and again, I'm, I'm focusing here to some extent on, on public safety. There, there's a huge, there's a you know whole number of things that you could talk about. But when you talk about a master plan, what is it in your head that that you envision? What what role does public safety have, or what are the key components of a master plan that you see that would would fit into the public safety you know arena? Uh, at some point, I think the city has to come up with some analysis, and I know it's not going to be an exact science, but of what is the, the, the limit of the population in Parkland? We have a finite amount of space. You just have to be real about it. We still have some development that remains to be seen, and again, depending on what it's annexed in, um, we can kind of make a couple estimates or ballparks of what the different contingency options are. Once we have that number, I think, again, we have to take an honest look at what our current plan is. How many officers do we have dedicated to the, to the district? How many um, vehicles do we have? You know, what kind of fire trucks? These things, to me, it's not something you can do at the last minute. You have to start building for it. Even if we have to start saving in our budget now to make sure that we account for the future needs, then that has to be part of our plan. So what I'm hearing you say is, is looking at, at, at staffing and infrastructure technology needs moving forward in the future obviously more people may mean more the need for more police more fire and then with that goes the equipment to to serve those those you know first responders correct and i know that bso has a great repertoire of both resources vehicles etc but uh it's really also understanding the the local needs and you know making sure that we have the preparations for it because um at the end of the day regardless of whether it's a, a school shooting or so there are many other forms of events that can go wrong or happen. And right now it's the time to, to look at everything from a fresh slate of eyes and say, we, we now kind of are no longer as naive as maybe we once were. And, you know, you take things for granted and hopefully now we kind of look at things from, from a new perspective and, and try to be out front of anything that can get out there to, to potentially put our community in jeopardy. So last question. Uh, and we kind of touched a little bit about this, but, uh, Concerns or, or priorities specifically for public safety, if you had to pick what your number one concern, the thing that you're, you're most want to have some sort of impact in, in, in during your term, can you, can you share that? What, what, what would that be? Uh, the largest impact would have to be something in school safety, meaning if we can add additional, if I can advocate for additional resources, if I have to go to the school board and advocate on behalf of our city, um, to me that 
that will always be paramount just because of what happened and because uh, it can never happen again. Okay. Well, again, Commissioner Jordan Israel, sir, thank you for for joining us and, and taking your time out, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much for having me, Captain. And I want to let everyone know to stay with us. Immediately after this, we'll begin our conversation with Commissioner Bob Mayerson, the City of Parkland District 4 Commissioner. First off, I'd like to introduce Commissioner Bob Mayerson. Commissioner Mayerson is the City of Parkland uh, Commissioner for District 4. And Commissioner, let me just start by saying congratulations on, on winning re-election. I know that the survey, uh, the election results were certified back in November, but uh, again, congratulations on, on winning thank, a second thank term. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So I, I, I had an idea uh, as the, the results were coming in back in November that this would be a good opportunity for, for the commissioners, the new and, and uh, currently serving, to kind of come on the podcast and get an opportunity to, to talk with the residents, let them, let them hear from you specifically about some of the things that you might want to address in the future or in particular uh, in regards to public safety. So um, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, kind of the, the, the first question I think, you know, from my standpoint, a lot of people might ask is, what, what made you decide to run for office? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. Greatly appreciate the opportunity to, to speak to you and obviously communicate to the residents through this podcast forum. Um, a little bit about when I say my history, I've been a resident here for 24 years. And uh, when you know we decided to move to Parkland and look at its you know greenery and especially one of the things, the, the um, landscape going down Holmberg Road, the tree canopy it attracted me to Parkland. Um, we moved here and like anybody else, you want to get involved in your community. So we ended up, you know, registering at River Glades, going and joining a PTA, becoming part of the SAC and the SAF. Uh, for me, a little different is that my son has cerebral palsy. So I got involved with our Parkland Buddy Sports Program um, and as time went on, I began to do a lot of advocacy, especially in the area of special needs, and realizing not only was I advocating for my son, I was advocating for every other child. And uh, I, you know, took that advocacy, uh, got involved, like I said, in a lot of school issues, uh, ran unsuccessfully for the school board. Uh, but when uh, in 2016, uh, the current city commissioner had termed out, the seat was an open seat. Um, I decided to run. Um, my opponent, after I qualified, dropped out of the race. So we had to do another qualifying period, and I was fortunate enough to get reelected unopposed. Um, and just continuing that decision to be involved in the community and support the community, again, decided to run for reelection this past year. Um, it was a great opportunity for me to reach out to the residents, to hear their concerns, more so than usual, because election time, things begin to percolate, and you, you find that there are a lot more issues going on. And uh, fortunately enough, I was uh, reelected by the uh, constituents of Parkland, and I thank them, greatly appreciate them for their support. Well, uh, again, congratulations. I know this year was, was kind of unique, and there was a lot of competition out there, and uh, it sounds like you've got quite an extensive 
background in, in public service. So um, something that, that we, we kind of share from that. Uh, let me ask you, from a public safety perspective, how do you see your role as a commissioner? Well, it's look, I, I look at things from as a commissioner from that 30,000 foot level. It's not for me to uh, come to you and, and sit there and say, here, you should be here. You should be there. You should be doing this. It's my job to to sit down with, uh, you know, law enforcement, to sit down with some of the consultants that we have. I mean, even the Center for Public Safety Management report, look at that report, look at those findings and say, where are the gaps in service? How can we improve um, from a either a policy standpoint that we institute in the city or from a funding basis? I know you guys came to us looking for license plate readers. We evaluated it. We looked at it. We saw that there was a need in the city to help uh, fight some of the crime that was coming into the city or cars that were leaving going out. Um, and certainly uh, that system alone um, helped in solving a lot of those uh, carjackings. And, uh, you know, those are the things that I do in my role as a commissioner is to make sure that, you know, as I said, we're providing funding, we're providing policy, and to be able to evaluate those needs that we have as a need for public safety and service. So, so keeping that that in line, obviously, because you know we're we're sitting here, we're 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 doing the on the beat podcast. Right. You know, we're talking about law enforcement, public safety in general. But um, so from that, you know, thirty thousand foot perspective, what kind of priorities in, in terms of public safety have have you set out for yourself for the next you know uh, term on for your next term on commission? Well, one of the things that you know I, I certainly appreciate, and I know. You know, when we looked at the that Center for Public Safety Management survey, one of the things was uh, increase in community policing. And we've definitely seen that, uh, you know, everything from, you know, the night of meet your SROs, uh, maybe even expanding that. And I, you know, look at it as maybe we have it where, uh, for example, at some of the HOA meetings. And again, obviously, you know, somebody may be on duty, but Maybe the guy who's off duty comes in and introduces himself so the, the residents know who that guy is on the beat. Um, you know, that may be a, an, an opportunity to, to do that. Uh, you guys are always out and I said, you, you know, especially myself, you know, when I come to you and said, hey, I've got an HOA meeting here. Sure, how do we do that? Um, you know, helping obviously with education. Um, you know, we talked about a lot of neighborhoods are troubled by you know, whether they're residents or even, you know, deliveries coming through of the speed that they come through, especially with COVID. A lot of kids are out on the street, even during the day, they're taking a break. So they may go out and play in the street and the cars speeding down, you know, the neighborhood at excessive speeds. Uh, we want to make sure that we're educating the community and educating those homeowners. So that may be something, you know, as a priority to work on or to develop uh, some sort of initiative, education initiative, uh, to move that forward. So that's where I may have the idea, but I leave it to you. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> so, so I, what I hear you saying is, is look, you know, as as a commissioner for you, you know, community policing is is certainly high on your list, and, and along with that, going goes educating our residents to what's going on, services that that we provide as as a law enforcement provider. So. Um, working w- with you guys, working w- with the city to, to kind of continue to build on the on the, the relationship that we've had with the residents so far through programs and education. Right. Absolutely. Um, so 
we've seen a lot of uh, growth in, in the wedge uh, over the last couple of years. And uh, what are the challenges, and again, in keeping with that public safety mindset, what are the challenges that you see for, for the city moving forward with that? Well, a lot of it is, number one, the infrastructure that's out there. Um, we were dealt, you know, the wedge um, and said, look, here it is. There's little access. You know, there's Locks Road, which we know Locks Road is is in the design elements. It's uh, keeps on getting pushed, and no pun intended, pushed down the road to, you know, we're going to do it in 2022, 2023, you know, and further down. So that's going to help as far as I think, you know, just from a standpoint of safety as residents are driving by. Um, I think the other issue, you know, that we're that we're facing, you know, from a standpoint of the city is that transportation avenue uh, to make sure that roads are safe. I know that Hillsborough, for example, in, you know, in my district, one of the things is now pushed out to, I believe, 2023. Uh, they're going to include, and this is because it's a county road, they're going to include a roundabout, so traffic calming device mm-hmm. uh, that will be at the corner of uh, Hillsborough and Mecca to help smooth and slow down possibly some of the traffic. Uh, you know, the, the challenge that, that, that I'm sure you know is, is schools. I mean, this year we haven't had that problem because a lot of kids and families are doing the virtual learning. But when you get into the, the brick and mortar learning, which hopefully will be uh, the beginning of the 21-22 school year, uh, we always have traffic issues of, you know, car lines and people waiting to get into school um, that creates that morning rush. So a, mm-hmm. a lot of those public safety issues are traffic control. Um, the other aspect is you've seen, you know, uh, either escalation or de-escalation in car burglaries or home invasions. Uh, those are just, again, an education component, I think. You know, we can obviously look at increasing patrol, but I think from a standpoint of, uh, you know, educating the public of lock your doors, if you have an alarm, turn it on. You know, to be vigilant as opposed to sitting here and going, well, it's Parkland, nobody's coming in. But we we see that they they do come in because criminals are not concerned about boundaries. And, and just to be clear for in the spirit of full disclosure to everybody, I did not pay the commissioner to uh, provide that public safety announcement. But I, I, I do appreciate it, sir. Thank you. Um, so I, I, I think in, in terms of what you're saying, there, there's a lot of. Uh, development that we're going to be seeing in the next couple of years as, as we build out um, with traffic being uh, one of the biggest ones. Um, and as you talked about some of the calming devices, but it, it, in keeping with traffic, what what is unique to Parkland that, that, that residents may not know um, that uh, may not exist, say, in another city? Well, we're a, we're a bedroom community. So a lot of it is, you know, 90% of our community, 85% of the community is residential. We have small little enclaves of commercial property. But again, most of that travel is, you know, the the treescape down Holmberg Road is unique. I don't know a lot of other places that have that. I know uh, maybe in Fort Lauderdale, Victoria Park has some of their architectural design and and some of their historic uh, avenues that they have. But Mm -hmm. for us... You know, this is a city where Holmberg Road was that main thoroughfare. Um, as we move further out west, you know, some of that has changed more into that 
kind of new development structure. Um, but that's where, you know, the narrow roads, the one, you know, two lane roads is really what keeps our community the way it is and the character it is. And, you know, when, especially like I said, in the school zone, when somebody is stopping uh, to make a right turn or a left turn, that backs up traffic for a period of time. And especially in the morning, people are usually in a rush to get to work. All right. Um, so the, the, the inherent charm of, of the city and, and, and the reason why people move to a community like Parkland to some extent can contribute, environmentally can contribute to some of the issues that, that right. we see. Um, so uh, you just, and I don't want to take up much more of your time. As I said, I appreciate you coming in, but um, are there anything that you would like to see? Are there any priorities that you would like to set yourself you know, uh, from a public safety standpoint over the next couple of years in terms of, say, technology, equipment, programs specifically? Is there anything that, that you see that, hey, this is something that, that I, I, you have an interest in that you would like to see us work towards? Well, I, I know, for example, I mean, you and I went down, uh, I guess it seems like last year to the, <laughs> it seems like ages ago, I think it was right before COVID started, we went down to the Real-Time Crime Center. Um, to me, that's a very unique operation. I don't want to get into the specifics of it, but being able to see different areas, it might be something for you know the city to look at and say maybe through camera positioning or other things, maybe that may be an area where we don't have to have the uh, law enforcement officer patrolling the area, but maybe if there's an escalation, maybe you know we can use that camera technology to kind of help facilitate some of those things. Um, there's, like I said, a lot of things that I lean on, on you guys to, to bring that and say, look, here's something new, it's working. Um, one of the issues that I think that you guys even brought forward is the, uh, our, our, our new, I'll call, call her therapy dog that she's in training. Um, that's a great opportunity. I know it currently, Officer Berman, um, I think the dog was <laughs> training her more than she was training the dog. But that's something that, that's the unique characteristic that I think our city has. And, and I know that I had an opportunity to meet, you know, Officer Macy, another canine unit. Um, it, it's really something that, you know, it's great for the kids to be educated. It's great for the parents to feel a little bit of security, um, especially if they're searching, if their kid is, you know, uh, missing somewhere. Um, I know sometimes, you know, especially maybe in the park when the kids are out playing and somebody wanders off, at least we know we have that available to us. So I think that's very comforting if it happens. We obviously don't want it to happen. Uh, we'd rather have her just be at certain events, but I think that's something that, you know, is greatly appreciated. And looking and understanding, you know, what our, makes our community a little different than some of the other areas. Right. The ability to have resources available that are specific right. to the needs of our community right. is important. I've, absolutely. Well, listen, again, thank you for uh, for taking the time to come in and, and sit with me. I appreciate that. And I'm sure our residents will enjoy hearing, hearing from all, not just you, but all of our commissioners.